Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. I'm an addict and alcoholic. This is a show for other addicts and alcoholics and also for their families and for anyone who knows us. If this is your first time listening, we have over 300 episodes in the bank. You can go back and listen to all of them. If you can't get to a meeting right now, which is completely understandable, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Please do. We welcome you. And if you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and like us because uh, it makes me happy. gives me a reason to wake up tomorrow. You guys lucked out this week because we have four episodes with Jerry because once Jerry and I start talking, we don't know how to shut up. Seriously, like we have talked on the phone for five hours at a time. Let's jump into our series with my dear friend, Jerry. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. I went from being the trusted son, being the 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 bank teller for real. You know, I would balance the ATMs at one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in right. cash in my hands all the time. Right. You know, I I would balance the vault up until six months prior to all this craziness. Right. Um, it would be 40 degrees and I'd be sweating bullets, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the insanity of all of that just brought me absolutely positively to my knees. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got arrested that day, um, one of the guys recognized me from, I guess, not even, I guess, I had been on the six o'clock news for evading pursuit the second time I was arrested and he recognized me right away. Right. And I think that I probably crapped my pants a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> I, right, right, right. Um, I had, I had a large amount on me, but they searched me for weapons, not for drugs. Right. I got back to the police station, and I'm sitting in the holding tank, and they're trying to figure out, you know, how to come at me. And I realize that I've got a gram in my watch pocket a gram and a half in my wallet and a gram inside of my sock. I'm not going down for drugs. So what, what does a real dope fiend do? Eat that. Right. (laughs) I shoved all three bags inside of my mouth, no water, (laughs) chewed it up and swallowed it. And for those of you who've never done methamphetamine, it is. Especially if you're in a cell and you do that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You've never known. Right. No toilet. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's no toilet. I was in a holding tank. Oh, that's so it, it, it's basically an office with 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 no nothing right. and a glass front. So that way they can look at you. <laughs> like, it's a fishbowl. So um, I thought I was a badass when I told that story the first time when I was in rehab. And one of my one of the people there, she looked over at me, wrote Lynn, and I'll remember this to the day I die. She looked at me. She goes, hey, dumbass. You didn't fall asleep after you did three and a half grams of meth. You OD'd and you freaking died, asshole. And uh, I thought that I had fallen asleep. The cops kept waking me up. And I was just like, you know, what are you going to do about it? So I ended up going to jail. I weighed 128 pounds at six foot tall with a Pendleton small, yeah, and a hoodie tucked into my size 28 jeans that were still sagging off my ass or lack thereof. Right. I was, I was literally skin and bones right now. I weigh 240 pounds. I literally weigh almost double of what I used to. 
you know, and it's just, yeah, um, that was the absolute end. I, I walked into jail. I'm like, well, I'm screwed. Absolutely. And while I was in there, they're like, hey, you caught another case. And hey, we like you for this too. And weren't you on probation and never reported? Right. So I knew I was being held and I knew that I was done. I, I just knew. And right before I was going for my hearing for the the probation violation, I was I was at George Bailey and I remember just saying, fuck it. You know, I don't know what else to do at this point. And I told my mom everything. And she put me in touch with my lawyer and I told my lawyer everything. I didn't care anymore. And right before my hearing, literally, they had me up at three o'clock in the morning to go from George Bailey, which is out in Otay, right by the border, all the way up to San Marcos. So I I was up at 3 a.m. They were they strip searched us. They took us out onto the yard. They wanted to make sure that, you know, we all understood. They chained me down to other dudes. But right before all that happened, I was like, I'm here. This is this is it. And I hit my knees. and I'm like, God. I know I've said that I'll never do this again, and I'm not going to say, but this time I mean it, I'm going to say that I want an opportunity to change. That's all, just the opportunity. Mm. And I got up off my knees and went out onto the yard and all of that, and it was probably six hours later when we finally got up there. And the judge said, well, you know, you've been incarcerated for X amount of days and you are A-OK to, uh, for that probation hold to be lifted and your bail is set at blah and hit the gavel. And my family was there and my mom's just like, oh, my God, you know, because I'm the baby. Yeah. You know, she's like, oh, my God, you know, this is great. So I go back and I get out that night. And I'm like, you know what? You know, I made it, blah, 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 blah. And within 24 hours, actually, that's a lie. Within 12 hours, no, that's a lie. Within eight hours, <laughs> I was drinking warm Miller Genuine Draft and calling up the Connect. Oh. And I hate that I relate to that, but I do. Luckily for me, um, my lawyer said, well, if you did these crimes, you better get your ass in a drug rehab. Right. So I went down to crash and I signed up there. I, I thought I was going to walk that day. I thought I was going back home. I was going to sleep right. in my bed. No. <laughs> um, I walked in there and my sea bag was in my mom, my mom's trunk and some hangered stuff. And, uh, I checked in and they're like, hey, you know, you need to be in long term, but we have a bed available in short term. I'm like, I can't go to short term. I need long term. I need to be in here for at least nine months to a year. Yeah. Which scared the piss out of me. But, you know, I I needed to do it. It It's either that or prison. And you Mm -hmm. know what? I'd rather go to drug rehab. And this is not one of those cushy drug rehabilitation centers. This is a county funded drug treatment center. Right. So... I walk in there and they're like, you know what? You're, we need to get you somewhere fast or you're going to die. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, because I'm bulletproof. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm and, young. Um, Fuck you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm 24. What are you going to do? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so 
they checked me in and I immediately went over to short term. Now I'd been in a rehab before I was at St. Vincent de Paul's homeless shelter the prior time and went through their drug treatment program. There was a 30 day program. I had 14 days when I graduated, you do the math. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, see, um, I walked in and I have my sea bag over my shoulder. I got my hanger clothes on the other side and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, who do I have to make friends with to make this as easy <laughs> as possible? And the guy at the desk goes, Mr. Cowan, we've been waiting for you. Ooh. And I'm like, what? And I turn around and the guy that was at St. Vincent de Paul's homeless shelter in the drug treatment program that was their counselor in training was sitting right there. He's like, we've been waiting for you. I was wondering how long it would take you to get here. I dropped all my stuff right then. I'm like, okay, whatever you need me to do, let's do it. Wow. And uh, they handed me a journal. I hate that thing. Yeah. Um, handed me a pen. They're like, your room is right down the hall on the left. I walked in and I'm like, dude, this is like jail. I mean, there are four of us to a room. We got metal bunks from like World War One that yep. say U.S. on the side of them. They're metal. <laughs> right. So I, I, I mean, it's like, it's like jail all over again, but it's a, it's a D's house. So I go walking into my room and there's this guy with a shaved head and his name tattooed on his back doing, doing uh, bench presses with the bunks. Boom, boom. I'm like, shh. Oh, no. I'm back on the yard. This is, <laughs> this, you know, I'm like, I, why did I choose this? I, you know, at least there I could get high. And, um, <laughs> and he gets up and wipes off his hands. He said, Billy, nice to meet you. And um, he became one of my closer, closer people. You know, oh. go figure somebody who's a skinhead and somebody who's a happy kid being yeah. that tight, that fast. Um, only so in recovery. Yeah, only right, in recovery. Right, right, right. I, <laughs> I was handed that journal. I hopped up onto my bunk, and I remember to this day what I wrote. It was November 17th, 1994, and I said, you know what? I have no idea what lies in front of me, but I have a strange feeling that everything's going to be okay. And I was there for 40 days, and the judge listened to my case, and actually I w had to go to court the entire time I was still in there because they thought I was trying to, you know, game them and go to a short-term drug treatment center instead right, of a long-term yeah. one. Give me some 28-day shit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Where I, where I graduate the program and I got 14 days. Exactly. No, 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 yeah. no. So um, the judge goes, well, you know what? This is what I'm going to do for you. We're going to go ahead and commute your sentence to a year in drug treatment. The first offer was 16 years. He said, we're going to give you a year in drug treatment, but you're going to have a five-year tail on you with probation, which means if you violate in any way, shape, or form, you do the violation plus your time. Mm. And if you can stay clean for those five years after you graduate the program, he said, if you leave or you get up or you get terminated, you go to jail. This is your one shot. Right. And uh, he said, if you test clean and continue to go through probation and make it to five, I'll go ahead and expunge your record. 
and uh, no pressure, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, went, yeah, sure, I, went, okay, but... I went back to, to the short-term program. When I moved from the short-term into the long-term program, people that I got to the short-term program with were graduating. Me, I was starting back at day one, phase one. Right. Um, rehab was probably one of the hardest things I had ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm very jealous of the people that have been to, um, uh, we, we won't say names, but the, the rehabs that you and I talked about, the one that's on the cliffs in Malibu, um, uh, no, but those don't work. No, I mean, I've also been through like impact. House. Oh, okay. whatever, <laughs> I'll name it. Impact house in LA. That was straight like civil brand jail. It was absolutely uh -huh. terrifying, but yeah, no, but I would love to like do the Betty. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Right. You have to use her last name for anonymity, but Betty F. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just do Pilates and shit for three weeks. Yeah. yeah. And get, and so, get acupuncture and massages. Right. And right. Or if your insurance only covers four days, then they cover you for four days and they send your ass home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's so still, that's so still, helpful for her. Still kicking. Still kicking. <laughs> right. Oh, seriously. Yeah. On the worst day of it too. Oh yeah. So. Well, I'm jealous of people who could just go to one 12 step meeting and be I, like, I'm done. I'm jealous of the people that would go to detox and get out of detox and be like, I'm done. No, 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 no. That's not fair. I know. I, my, my mouth is still watering right? at that point. Yes. I'm still like, okay, do I want to take a shower or do I want to do dope? Exactly, because you cannot do one without the. It's either if right. you if you succumb to the shower, that means you're not doing dope. Right. And you're feel that awful feeling of water on your body when you're kicking, which is oh my god, anything touching your body when you're kicking. Well, yeah. every my old roommate was a heroin addict, and. I was a tweaker, yeah. so he worked night shift and I worked day shift, which was really weird. And uh, we used to have that discussion all the time. And he's like, well, kid, you don't know what it's like, you know, when you're kicking and you can't sleep and you can't eat. I'm all, really? I paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to feel that way. I'm like, you don't know how it is when you can't keep your head up. Oh, you can't and we paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to feel that way. See, <laughs> Why right? do they always put us in the same room yep. at treatment centers? So it's like, I'm just watching you sleep. And then they're <laughs> watching me tweak and fold clothes because I can't sleep because yeah, I'm yeah. so detoxing. And they're like, that's not fair. And I'm so sitting there sleeping isn't I'm, fair. I'm sitting there grinding my teeth going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, one of the – we were talking about uh, being sick. Um, before I got clean, actually, like, for a few months before that, um, it got to the point that I would get $20 in my hand, uh -huh. and I would drive down the street to the wishing well, and they have, like, one of those fountains where you throw pennies and, and – Oh, you mean a literal wishing well? Like and in I the would, I would wade through the water inside of the fountain wow. in Rancho Bernardo to collect change to buy gas for my truck so I could go to the Connects house because you damn straight that twenty dollars wasn't going to my tank. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like she needs to eat. I'm not spending money on food. Who spends money on food? food. I will straight eat trash and a rat's butthole <laughs> if I'm using. If I'm using, I will eat. Any, I will do anything besides use actual dollars for food. It's mm -hmm. you know. Oh yeah, I know, I know. And um, <laughs> I mean, th that was like the depths. And right. after going through rehab, 
um, it really opened up my eyes. You know, I, yeah. I was given the opportunity to deal with things that I, issues that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Um, I thought that they were setting me up for failure because right off the bat, because I'd been in short term, I'd already been tested for tuberculosis. So they put me in the kitchen right away. And they're like, right. oh, you have control issues. You're the kitchen head. I'm like, dude, I burn water. They're like, no, 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 no. Right. You're going to cook for 40 other drug addicts that all live inside of this Victorian house in San Diego. I'll take you guys by there. It's beautiful. But um, love it. It, it was. I was like, oh, they were like, you still have your driver's license? You're driving to meeting. Well, oh, see, my God, with a bunch of women from prison, all with different ideas of what freeway exit I should take and how I was driving. And you guys oh got, whoa, whoa, you guys got to leave rehab to go to meetings? Yeah, cry help. You know, after you've been there for 30 days, because it's like a six to nine month treatment center. So after, you, after you've been there for 30 days, yeah, they, they let you go out to meetings. My favorite part is the one time because I was the only one in this group with a driver's license that was valid. So I took us to a meeting. I didn't know, you know, this is before the internet or, or maybe the end. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm not Al Gore, but we didn't have cell phones. Like, I mean, we end up at this meeting in West Hollywood. It was a men's stag. I didn't, and I walked in with some hardcore women and they, yeah, oh, pumped up hard. And then we were like, is this a men's meeting? They were like, hey, it's okay. You guys can stay. I was like, that would be my response too because I know these women and they will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first. And then I got yelled at like the whole way there. And then, but then after that, it, it became cool. I was like, I mean, you know what? My most fun times in life, I think have been in rehabs. Honestly, uh, um, you haven't laughed for real in a long time. It's more, it's, for me, it's more about, I actually had feelings. Yes. The first, yeah. the first, the, the short-term program, um, one of the guys who I still rattle off to every once in a while, David LePage, and hey, David, um, <laughs> he looked at me, and he was one of the old, the old school fucking NA members, and he yeah. looks at me, and he goes, well, you know what? You're going to feel better. You're going to feel better after all of this. He didn't fucking bother telling me I was going to feel rage better. I was going to feel anger better. I was going to feel sad better. But while I was while I was talking to him about that, he handed me this list of feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, see, There's a list of feelings? Yeah, it, it was a Xerox. For those of you who don't know what a Xerox <laughs> is. <laughs> It was a Xerox Never copy. Did I think there would be a time in my life where I had to explain that to somebody. But here it, we go. It's better than trying to explain it. Here we go. <laughs> it's better than trying to explain a ditto machine. Okay, Remember I don't even know what that is, thank God. We used to smell them. Yeah. Thank God. I, like, finally, I feel not quite old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. You've um, got, like, 4,000 years sober. Like, you know, you don't, no, no, no. We're even. We're even. Go ahead. So... He handed me this list of feelings and he's like, I want you to underline every single feeling that you feel over the course of the next week. And you and I'll talk about it. Is this a sponsor? No, no, no. This was my counselor. Oh, counselor. Right. What a so, weird thing. I've never done that. Go ahead. So I underlined all of the feelings and the next week I just, you know, slid it across the table because I was too cool still. So yeah. I slid it across. Well, I'm, and I'm, like, write it. I'm like, what's, like what's up? Yeah. And he goes, what about the other side of the page, Jerry? Because I had underlined depression, anger, rage, 
Um, no gratitude. I flipped it over and it says happiness <laughs> and, and joy and all of these things that were so foreign to me that, that I remember because right. I experienced them when I was little. But taking asshole amplifiers for so long, you know, that, that yeah. Asshole amplifiers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it amplifies me being an asshole. So, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was a trash can addict. My drug of choice was more. Right. Yours and free. Those oh. were my drugs of choice. OP so, drugs. Totally. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Damn, Skippy, I wasn't going to do my shit. Right. Totally. No. So well, I mean, nobody else was going to. He might. <laughs> or, not, or in private. But yeah, not them. God. Yeah. Yeah. Love, so, I love doing somebody else's stuff and then taking my stuff to the bathroom. That was pretty my life. I, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I used to like to sell it to them, then do all of theirs, then leave with my stuff. Yeah. See, that's... That was yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I was such a fucking rock star that rock star. Never mind. Um, I I thought I was such a rock star that uh, I used to say that you know I bounced from hotel to hotel, you know, having a good time and and you know I always had girls around me and blah 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 blah. Well, the reason why I had to go from hotel to hotel is because nobody wanted me at their house <laughs> because they were afraid I was going to steal That's right. anything and everything I could, even though I wouldn't, you know, and I'd be insulted by that as I was taking the VCR out to my car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, God, why do I keep dating these guys that nobody likes? They don't invite us over because he's with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why we're not in their house. Yep. Because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I wondered why my brother was so pissed off at me that he couldn't see straight when I showed up at his Christmas party as everybody was leaving with some random tweaker bag chaser girl inside of my car. And what's his problem? Yeah, I'm like, I, I walked up. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? He's like, dude, it's like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, so? <sighs> I'm standing there pouring sweat it's december you know and yeah no oh i know those memories are like cringeworthy i totally my, get it my poor family thanks so much to jerry for being on radio rehab this week and thanks so much to jerry for driving me home in the 90s when i was dope sick and maybe dying and for still being my friend even though i was using because as it turns out, I was able to accomplish five years at some point. Jerry has 25 years, big difference. I'm so grateful to him for being in my life and I'm so grateful that I got to share his story with you. Stick around for the next episode where we get to hear more of Jerry's story. If you wanna be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-toproductions.com. You can also call or text 415-496-9511, even when we're not in studio. And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.